Hello. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bigani of the Confederacy. These lands are now Treaty 7, signed on September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, Wesley Chiniki Bearspot Nations, and the Sutina Nation. We also acknowledge all First Nations. All First Nations, Métis, Inuit, status, and non-status across Turtle Island are the keepers of these lands. Okie. I'm Meko Chase Chase Tukum Aki, or Red Thunder Woman in Blackfoot. That is my spirit name given to me in ceremony. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn the proper pronunciation. I honor the Blackfoot. I'm Michelle Robinson. I was born in Calgary as Michelle Elliott a very English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene, or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage in that I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me up in the land of the Hare People, also called the Great Bear Lake People, in Treaty 11. I am a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Quincho Tine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical to creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as the guest. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk down my red road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we've talked about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll-free and open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Non-Indigenous, there is a distress line in your area, too. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for already showing your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give, but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um... I ha- would like to give a shout out to my super loyal donors, Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Celine, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Kenna, Kimberly, Leah, Marisa with one S, Natalie, Nathan, Phyllis, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa with one S, and Veronica. Well, today is a special day on November 24th. We, me and my daughter, Samantha Robinson... Welcome Hi. to the show. I'm her daughter. <laughs> and I'm loud and obnoxious. Ah, oh, just like your mother. Yeah, although not at school because I am too socially awkward. Okay, all right. Well, however you want to interpret that. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you for being on my show. Of course. Yeah. So, the reason why you are on my show is because we just came from Frozen, literally. Came from Frozen, came straight yeah. home. Oh, Fro- Frozen 2, yes. Frozen 2, yeah. Yes. And, uh, yes. What a great movie. Oh my god! Uh, okay. So, um, the thing is, mom being straight, and I'm pansexual, right? So, and I heard speculation that Elsa was a lesbian. So, obviously, I was very looking, looking very close at who the people Elsa interacted with. And there's this girl, oh, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, spoilers, so probably don't watch it. Or, or don't listen don't to, the, listen rest to the rest of this. But for those who have watched it, there's the girl who is from the village that they go to or whatever. <laughs> and they like sing the song and she's like and with like and they ha they're sitting around a fire and they have a little like baby reindeer with them. And it's so cute because like Elsa has never showed affection like that before and I think she totally has her crush on they totally have crushes on each other, but whatever. And um, also at the end of the movie, she's like, 
Elsa, you do belong here, over, like, over here, right? And if you had a crush, why wouldn't, like, if you had a crush and they had to go back, why would you not be like, oh, you should stay here? So, I'm just saying, Elsa, I think, is obviously a lesbian. Well, and we saved the world, so it was a sister, Anna, yeah. and Elsa, who's two-spirit, that saved the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So it takes two-spirit two and women to bring reconciliation. After truth. After truth. Yeah. And truth, truth and was a big part. Right? Yeah. 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 But it was a really good movie. You should all go watch it. It was pretty adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I liked the song where they're like singing. Oh, yeah. And then and then my favorite part was when all Olaf tried to imitate that. <laughs> it was like it was like a white person trying to sing and when they don't know the lyrics to a song and trying to be a drummer, like oh! <laughs> and just like belch out with no like rhyme or rhythm and just scream and oh, you, pound you missed the earlier conversation with grandpa frank yeah i did yeah and he he basically did that i think my husband got to hear that uh, awful <laughs> rendition and and what it was was he was talking about uh, the gray cup today's the gray cup yeah today is the gray cup happy yeah. gray cup if you he goes yeah that. and the native band was on there going oh, oh my God. it was awful <laughs> it was it was awful but it's my dad. That's just the way he is. Oh, Grandpa. Yes. Oh, Grandpa. So, <coughs> that's what it was like. So, you liked the movie? Oh, it was so great. If you haven't watched it, you definitely have to see it. Okay, so what are some uh, components that you knew this was an indigenous movie? Well, first off, um, I knew, like, so, the thing is, you come over to, like, I mean, they're all kind of wearing clothing <laughs> i mean they're all wearing clothing but like um, that's good we're wearing clothing <laughs> yeah but like if you look at the like indigenous there one they're like can't i can't remember their like um the nation's name but in is it sweden or norway norway right i don't know Where they have reindeer yeah yeah a scandinavian um, country yeah they have reindeer. i think it's the sami yeah yeah the sami um, they watch over the reindeer, and I, like, if you look at the clothing, just based on the clothing, you kind of know that they're more, like, indigenous and stuff. Yeah. But then they have, then they have a ton of reindeer and, like, all this stuff, right? And, like, their houses are not, like, houses we have today or houses in Arendelle. They're, like, different, you know? So I just... They kind of look like wood teepees, right? Yeah, exactly. And they just look, like, yeah. And then Arendelle, it's, like... The indigenous represent the indigenous here. Arendelle represents um, the British and French and Europeans that came here. And now they just still haven't fixed it long. Yeah. So, like, in the years of the mist or whatever, is like, we're in, like, not even halfway through the mist. Yeah. Season here. Yeah. So it's like, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was a great movie. What about Olaf? <laughs> Olaf? Olaf. Olaf? Whatever. Oh, boy. Um, You're welcome. Olaf was... Olaf is awesome, because he's, like, just goofy. Yeah, but he was evolving. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Although Sven is still my own. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God, Mom. Sorry. I don't know who's doing Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. That's okay. We'll just keep it in. So everybody's talking about Grey Cup. I don't even know who won. I don't really care either. I don't I don't watch sports. So yeah. My friend neither. has a crush on this like Flames player and I have no idea who he is. Giovanni. No. Yeah. No, like he's playing right now. It's like Danny Kutro. Yeah, or whatever his last name is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My friend has, like, a major crush on him. But I have no idea who he is, because I don't watch sports. Yeah, I know. Um, there's this uh, indigenous guy who plays for the Oilers that I yeah. I want to get you one of the jerseys that apparently says everyone, bear. Apparently all the straight girls are like, 
<laughs> for him or whatever. That's, okay, so that's backing up to Frozen 2, though. Very, yeah. like, you were like, Mom, this is so clearly an, a lesbian. And I'm oh, like... Oh, also, on, uh, also, like, when Anna's, like, when they're little and Anna's, like, making the prince and princess or, like, whatever, uh, kiss, and when they're playing the Enchanted Forest game. Oh, my God, I never picked story, that up. Um, Elsa, like, when she's, when Anna's making them kiss. Yeah. Anna's, like, or Elsa's, like, kind of disgusted by it, and she, <laughs> and so I'm just, like, obviously, sh- like, obviously. 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 Like, you don't know, like, everyone talks about childhood signs that you're, like, lesbian or something. Yeah. Or, like, bi or whatever. Yeah. And it's like Anna is or Elsa is clearly lesbian, I think. <laughs> well Or at least in somewhat This way, straight tra- girl did not pick up any girls. of that. Not even a little. Yeah. I think Elsa's like very heavily attracted to girls. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's like fully lesbian like I don't know if she's like lesbian or how she identifies, but like it's clear to me she likes girls, at least. Really? Yeah. When have you seen her be attracted to a guy like that? Well, like, I don't know. I don't know. Other than, like, Olaf. <laughs> like, well, or the reindeer. Not... Exactly. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I know. It was super cute. And no, for all of you straight people, if you're like me, you'll be like, what lesbian? And yeah. for all the, like, non-straight people, you're probably... You might at least somewhat understand what I'm saying. It might be, and it might not be that obvious. I just noticed it because I was looking heavily at the people she interacted with and how she interacted with them. And no. I mean, at least like there was no kissing in the movie or anything between her and this girl. But I'm just saying though, like at least it's somewhat of a step for Disney because we all know Disney. <laughs> <laughs> how do we know Disney, Sam? <laughs> Homophobic and racist, and transphobic. Yeah, yeah, and old in their ways. Very old. Yeah. So basically, the bad guy in this was an actual boomer. Yeah, that's true. But he, he's that. He's dead. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, don't you see the parallels of like you know the <laughs> legacy of John A. Macdonald compared to the indigenous here in Canada? Yeah, he can't have. Although we still haven't gone our land back. Or anything. Or talked about the truth, really. Exactly. So, like, you know. People are like, man, we're totally reconciling as we, like, steal every one of your kids. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You know, speaking Orange. of which, I believe Justin and... Uh, Justin's coming to town this week to uh, reconcile with the uh, oil and oh, gas no. industry. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and another way of rec- um, truth and reconciliation in the movie is that <laughs> who saved the uh king? Uh, who saved the king of Arendelle after his dad died? Who? Oh, the indigenous girl who he sooner or later got married to. I'm just saying, indigenous help out these people, and then um, they f everything up. Okay. Well, no, the indigenous people were the bridge. No, like the indigenous people help. All these settlers and stuff. And then the settlers mess it all up. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It sucks. But I really loved the uh, air, water, (laughs) fire. I was like, when is she going to make a reference (laughs) to Avatar? Oh, my God. I love Avatar, okay? It's my favorite series. (laughs) Honestly, though, a lot of people add to the elements. And, I mean, like, Elsa's pretty cool and all that. But it's more focused on water. So, like... It leans more to water. Yeah. And, like, I think the four elements, like, are equal, you know? I don't think there needs to be a fifth one, but, you know, Elsa's pretty cool. Well, she is the fifth element. In yeah, this. like, but, like, <laughs> ice and water are kind of the same thing. Not gonna lie, but, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, like, ice is just frozen water. Okay, well, <laughs> at any rate... But what, yeah, let's let's keep talking about the movie. Cool, Number one, you're twelve. Yeah. So, you do you recommend this movie to what age group? Anyone. <laughs> Anyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, why is that? Because I think that if there's something, like, we all, you all need to learn about <laughs> reconciliation. And I say you all because uh, I have a lot, I still have a lot to learn, even though, like, no, I don't, but <laughs> a lot of people still do. Whatever. And I mean, I'm 43, and I'm like, I know nothing. Yeah, well, because you're also straight. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. But anyway, like, yeah. And anyway, basically, if you... This is a good step to learning about reconciliation, or truth of reconciliation. <sighs> but, like, if you're going to watch this movie, I think you should go all the way and learn about tr- truth and reconciliation after you watch the movie. Because, like, right now we're still in the mist phase, Okay. Like, oh, still in the mist phase. We are still in the mist not phase. Not even halfway through. Justin okay. is not through the mist, is he? No, nobody, is mi- nobody except indigenous are through the mist. Yeah, well. Even some indigenous are kind of like... Back with Justin. Exactly. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, like, we need to go through the mist phase. Okay. okay. We need to break through that. And, I mean, it might not be... An... Like, yeah, we you need to break through that goddamn mist. I'm with you, babe. I'm with you. But I really love that you could tell that. And, you know, uh, one of my favorite new characters was the little fire. Um, oh, that was so cute. Yeah, it's like a chameleon or something, yeah. hey? And then, or a gecko. And then yeah. they had um, Gale, the wind, <laughs> yeah. the wind spirit. And then, <clears throat> and then Elsa had her, like, water horse. Right? So, the water horse. That was so cool, that hey? That was cool, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of horses. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. What does matter is that you enjoyed the movie. Oh, it was great. And anyone should go watch it. Yes. And what also matters is that we've established that there's the not just four elements, but the fifth one. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to, <laughs> over the next week for us to really look into the Sami and figure out, um, you know, their influence. Yeah. Other than the shawl. And clothing, too. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think it's cool, though, because, like, Disney kind of does research about, like, how they should base their characters. This is, like, literally the first time ever on the, you know, history of Disney, though. <laughs> no, I know, but, like, no, but, like, Disney, like, at least, like, the clothing that Disney portrays, like, other than the big, like, poofy skirts, you know? That's, like... Yeah. Old, old European. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just kind of cool to see kind of the clothing sometimes. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about the movie Frozen before? I mean, know? if you haven't gone to see it, you should definitely go. All right. Well, thank you for being on my show. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm probably going to keep you on here and bore you. Okay. Sure. All right. So, um, I had a wonderful time with you. Thank you for going with me. Uh-huh. But it was I, a lot of fun. I'm glad. I also went to the Central Library today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to the Central Library and um, watched this story called uh, The Road to Mecca. Or is it called The Journey to Mecca? Yeah, Journey to Mecca. The story of M. Batula. Batuta. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. this, is a, this is a story about an explorer in the 14th century. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit that's on Wikipedia here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so in about 1304 or to 1369, somewhere in there, there was a Muslim Berber Moroccan scholar and explorer that traveled the world. So in the movie, okay, so first and foremost, let, let me give a shout out to uh, the folks that invited me. So the ICNA Sisters of Calgary, they sent me an email and they're like, Michelle, we need you to come to this. And I'm like, okay, we'll put it in my calendar. And I'm really glad I did. And the reason why, so thank you, Emrana, for inviting me because I had a wonderful time and I learned so much, actually. Um, So this is the write-up that they had on Facebook. A great opportunity to learn about um, Hajj, one of the most important pillar of Islam, to experience the life of a great traveler of the 14th century. Uh, Join us today at Central Library to be captivated by the story of uh, an epic movie, The Journey to Mecca, one of the best travelers of all times. So I did. So I went to it, and um, it was a really cool story, let me tell you. 
So you know how in our culture, like some people, they dream and they know from those dreams that there's like they dream the future. Yeah. This guy was doing that. So he was dreaming that um, he would be traveling to Mecca and he wasn't like even close to Mecca. Um, They said in the movie it took him 18 months to travel from where he was born all the way over to Mecca. And he had to he wanted to cross the Red Sea, but he couldn't. Um, because of the war so he had to go all the way up to Damascus uh, what we would call Damascus Syria today but uh, he had to go like way out of his way to go to Mecca and it took him 18 months to get there wow yeah so he finally gets to Mecca and he does so they they do um, um, some really cool things through this whole thing like his sister gives him these cloths to wear when he gets there and they're like pure white um, cloths to wear so just before they get to Mecca, they have like this ceremony of basically washing themselves and changing into their fresh clothes. And then they go to Mecca and they have to go around this like huge, they, they say that Abraham himself made this pillar. And mm. there's like this really cool stone there that everybody kisses. They put their head in and they kiss it. And then they, they have to go around it seven times because that's <laughs> symbolic to their faith. Okay. And then afterwards they go... Like, this whole Mecca is, like, like huger than football fields. Uh-huh. But then surrounding it is, like, its own building. And underneath the building, they have, like, corrals. Like, you know how we go to, I don't know, any stampede or any lineup, yeah. and they have all those corrals? Oh, yeah. They have tons of those corrals that go forever because there's another story that they honor, and it's the story of this woman who had a newborn son, and she had to cross the desert and she had to run in the desert so that she could find some water. And when she found some water, she gave it to her son first before she took any. So they have this whole honoring, <coughs> excuse me, this whole honoring story about that. And um, so it, it's just a short, I don't know, 30 minute video. But I learned a lot about Islam. I learned a lot about, um, you know, this wonderful explorer because here's the crazy part in his dreams and when he stops at cairo um he has to go see like a knowledge keeper and when he stops there they ask him specifically about the dreams and in his dream he's like flying bigger than an eagle well bird is what they say there and he flies to mecca but then the guy asks him like do you go back home he's like or do you he said, no, I just keep going. So this story, this 30-minute story, is his travel to Mecca. But the truth is, for 30 years after, he goes traveling to, like, India and China. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a really cool story. So he's he's like this traveler of the 14th century, and uh, they've cataloged this guy. So I don't know. Can you imagine being somebody that... <coughs> would be cataloged like 600 years later yeah right that'd be cool yeah so that's why it was so cool and then um they had uh, kind of an open mic and everybody could ask questions and it was mainly kids asking questions which i was grateful for because even though we all say there's no such thing as a stupid question you know some young girl from the middle of alberta <laughs> who's like doesn't know anything about the islam faith or um I could certainly a- the story of a 14th century explorer oh yeah yeah you know i felt really kind of dumb so i asked the one question i'm like you know here we we acknowledge treaty seven we acknowledge this is blackfoot territory what would the land there be called and they're like it's just mecca so <laughs> you know that land of mecca yeah which i thought was kind of a kind way for them to answer it and it was all the other kids who kind of asked questions and um and then at the end they actually gave food to everybody so it was like a slice of cheese pizza a little chocolate brownie and a pop yeah it was great i don't like you (laughs) yeah we should have came because they had some great food (coughs) yeah but all the muslim sisters were there and they were all wearing their blingy um hijabs and stuff and you know it was so funny because they were like oh i love your new your new color hair your earrings, your yeah. necklace, and I'm like, thanks, but look at you, you're wearing all your bling, too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who wears a hijab uh, never has a bad hair day. Right? 
Like, they don't have to worry about your hair. <laughs> like, you don't have a bad hair day. Yeah, I know. I actually felt bad for not wearing my ribbon skirt. I wish I would have. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody was wearing their fancy clothes, and that was the only thing I was missing. I should have been wearing my ribbon skirt. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's... could give a hundred examples of dumb questions. Yeah, I'm sure. What are questions that you would ask? Because here's the thing. Um, I don't know how many Muslims listen to this show, but if you ask me the questions, then I can find out the answers. Sure. Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, but the other thing is this, Sam, you may not know this, but, um, this organization and a few other Muslim organizations have always given me free information about the Islam faith. So I have like tons of books upstairs. Oh yeah. You have a ton of books everywhere in the house. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah. Like, specific to questions about, yeah, of course. um, Islam so that that way it's not so scary. Cause when I grew up in like central Alberta, nobody was talking <laughs> about being Muslim. Yeah. Or if they were in a really negative, negative way. Because <coughs> that was the time of, like, Arnold movies and... Oh, my God, the worst movies ever except for Sylvester Terminator. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, two. no. It was really bad. Terminator 2. Just Terminator 2. That's the only Terminator movie I've seen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if I ever showed you the first one, I, I don't want... I don't really want to show you the first one. <laughs> Why? Because it's a real period piece to the 80s. Oh. And, you know, I talk about violence against women all the time, but that's really violent. It really shows how they depicted women as nothing but, like, sex objects yeah. and that. And uh, it was kind of a big thing for Sarah Connor to survive. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, like, you know, booby shots and all sorts of wow. shitty, sexist, misogynistic crap in it. And I, I, that's really what I don't want you to see. Yeah. How it's okay to just kill women. Yeah. Yeah. Know. So I don't I don't like that. Yeah. You don't like a lot of things. Yeah, I don't like a lot of things. No. I guess I never Except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I don't really like him. Yeah, but you watched all of his movies. I was forced to like by my dad. He used to like them. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have a lot of internalized racism and, and a lot of internalized misogyny. Also, Predator. I've n I watched the fir like a first movie and nothing <laughs> happened and it was boring. I don't know how you can say that. It's like a classic movie of, like, survival. Like, the only thing Arnold Schwarzenegger said was, like, I don't even remember because he's not that memorable <laughs> in, in, in that movie. I mean, I know he's the main character and all, but, like, just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you would have gone, gone to this movie with me today called The uh, Journey of Mecca, the story of IBN... Uh, B-A-T-U-T-A -A. Um, That sounds pretty cool It was super cool The food was great And I like I can't say enough about um, This particular organization The ICNA Sisters of Calgary Because they have always Not just welcomed me mm -hmm. They come talk to me They make sure I'm, I'm comfortable yeah. I was like I thought I was the only um, non-Muslim in the, in the audience But um, during question time, I kind of turned around and looked up and seen I was not the only one. Um, and actually, yeah. one of my uh, Indigenous sisters, uh, Shirley uh, McGinnis, she was there. And uh, I, I seen her afterwards, actually. <laughs> I went downstairs to the bathroom and they had uh, the Buddhists were getting together, too. Oh, cool. So she went down and grabbed some food there, too. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> yeah, it was really smart. We had a really good time. Um and it was good to see her and, and chat with her and know that I wasn't the only Indigenous person there. Um, that makes me feel really happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to, like, know about the cultures that are here so that you know how to, like, yeah. So well, we're actually like... really united in a lot of the, our oppression. Yeah. You know, like, Islamophobia and the uh, denial of genocide here. Like, there, there's actually so many parallels of oppression and then yeah. the targeting of women of color. Like, that's something oh, yeah. that we share together. So there's so many reasons to stand in solidarity with each other. I just yeah. don't know if they always know, like, our issues, but they yeah. want to know. So, like, they, I offered, um, I said, uh, we're going to have a powwow coming up here, the Calgary Police Service. It's going to have a powwow in December, the start oh, of December. Yeah. That's an anniversary for me. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you don't have to right. talk about that here, No, though. it's all good, though. Yeah. And anyway. It's a good powwow. They have really good food there. So even Yeah, but it's going to be really important that you come to this one, and I'll tell you why. Because um, uh, both Shirley and I are a part of the Indigenous um, Justice Committee, 
for the Calgary Police Service. Oh. And because of that, um, Darcy Turning Robe, well, the Turning Robe family is going to gift um, this committee a song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I have to learn this song that day. And yeah. uh, so, um, uh, oh my God, how am I forgetting his name? Who's the constable? Alan Chamberlain. <laughs> Oh, I could see him. I could picture Alan. him. Sorry, Alan. I don't know what happened. I'm getting older. I don't, you know, my brain yeah. doesn't work the same. Anyway, and I'm on steroids right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, have you found your puffer? I don't know where that puffer is yet, but that's okay. Yeah, so just so everyone knows, I've been sick since um, the start of the election. And now I'm getting sick. Yes, since I was dad. We're all getting sick. <laughs> so if I'm coughing, that's But why. I was really bad on Friday. So bad that oh, I was, yeah. like, blacking out. So I had to I go to the doctor. You need to go to the doctor. Well, I'm I've been exhausted, <laughs> right? So yeah. I go there, and they give me a bunch of steroids. And uh, so I'm on steroids for the next couple of more, like, two more days. And um, I think I'm going to make you and Dad go to the doctor tomorrow. Try yeah. to figure out what the hell we have here. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So... <laughs> Alan Chamberlain, he actually recorded the song, so he knows the song, but he won't give it to me until we're all gifted oh. on that day. Well, I don't blame him. I don't yeah, blame him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so once we all have that song, then I'll have two songs that I can sing. And when, yeah. uh, so I've sang at the last two recruits. Um, also, hopefully, not this year, but next year, hopefully, our murals are up. Sorry? sorry? Our mural is up for you to Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that would be great. Do you want to tell the um, listeners what what we're talking about? So, through you say, um, I'm part of this thing, and, well, me and my mom are part of this mural um, process. Right now, we're making one. So, one is going to be um, in the police station, which is going to be on a hide, and it's about uh, women in politics, I believe. Um... Um, and then right now I'm working on one uh, that is going to be at In From The Cold. Um, that is going to uh, be Murder Missing Indigenous Women. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and then the other one is going to be um, in the um, Forest Lawn Cafeteria. And at the moment I cannot remember what it's going to be about. But it's going to be in the Forest Lawn High School Cafeteria. I think it's about economy. Yeah. Indigenous women so. and economy. I don't think so. But anyway, um, but yeah, so we're going to have three murals. Right now we're like working on on the one. And um, yeah, so we're just, hopefully it will be up by next year. So everyone, when you come into the police station, make sure to watch out for it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so the next recruit will we'll be able to sing, I'll be able to sing two songs to them. Yeah, but I'll probably still just focus on the strong woman song because my hope is every time I sing that song, I, I just pray and I pray and I pray that all of the families of missing and murdered indigenous families and the spirits of these recruits, their ancestors, are like meeting for the first time and being like, oh, this is a thing. So hopefully the spirits will kind of guide everybody a little better. I don't know. Yeah. You get, that's all you can pray for is that, you know, there's some change in the future because I think um, our politicians totally suck at getting things moving, but I think <laughs> yeah. we all can. So, like, what Alan is doing is important and, you know, yeah. just trying to... There are a lot of people who are doing really good things, but they're not necessarily, like, yeah. political things. Well, well, like except for you, obviously, <laughs> no, and but some I, other people too. But like, I think sometimes we underestimate what politics is, yeah. though, babe. Yeah, but it's hard to do stuff in politics when it is. When you're one, you're not valued at all. But like, <laughs> two, yeah. If you run, it's a very slim chance you get you go in. I know, um, like Victoria, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, some of the um, new and upcoming Indigenous activists like um, want to be a part of the global climate action strikes that happen every Friday at noon. Yeah, I would yeah. like to be a part of them, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, well, you don't get out until one on Fridays. Yep, I know. Yeah, what do you miss at noon to one? 
uh, well, first I have, first I have FLA, which is ELA only in French, and then I have social studies, then literacy, then math and science. Oh, but you really like math and science, and I don't want to pull you from that. I mean, I like math because it's easy because it's numbers, but Thank science you. is a little bit more complicated because it's in French and I don't know the language. Yeah, but what are you do- going to be doing after um, school? Yeah, I am going to go into marine biology and go in. I'm going to try to go to U of Vic, University of Victoria, so that I can be a marine biologist. But the thing is, at the same time, right now we're learning about structures. I know. I know it's not fun, but it'll be worth it in the long run, I promise. (coughs) yeah. Oops. And yeah, but it's, I mean, my school's, I just don't like doing work. Because I'm a procrastinator. So, (laughs) I'm a a procrastinator, but. I don't know about that. I think uh, you like terms that sometimes you're not. (laughs) <laughs> not yeah whatever yeah anyway i love you to pieces i love you too and i'm glad you're on my show of course giving me your opinion and your thoughts here. so i wanted to ask you something um one of my favorite people in the whole wide world is dr david swan yes um, you mentioned it a couple times <laughs> yeah i know i know he put out yeah. a really good do you know what an op-ed is <coughs> no it's like a an opinion editorial and he talked about Stop the blame game. Alberta's plight is our own doing. Yeah. Yeah. So he was uh, MLA. Oh, I should give a little more background than what they did on this. Did you know the whole reason why he quit being a doctor to go into politics? Uh, climate change. Because he needed. He knew it had to be like brought to the table. At, um, because he knew he it needed to be brought to the table, or else our world would die. But then nobody listened to him, and le- now we are here. Ninjing. It's true, but you know what else he really pushed for? He knew that the coal plants were directly um, linked to the youth having asthma and allergy issues. As I have, uh, as I have allergic reactions to like dust and yeah, but because he's a doctor and and well read, obviously he understood that climate change was a real threat to our world, our ecosystem, and all that. So that's why he got involved. Yeah. So it's been eleven years, and he just retired. So. And uh, I'm so yeah. grateful I got to go door knocking with him. Yeah. Yeah, he was so good to me. I think I went. Did I ever go door knocking with him? I don't think you ever did, but he oh. and I went, and we had that wonderful piece that was put out. And uh, oh yeah, I yeah. remember that. It was. It's one. I gotta get some of those pictures. Um, photo or um, what is that? Published? What is that? You gotta have a hard copy. <laughs> yeah. Reproduced. Um... I want to get those pictures reproduced and put them up because I think they're so pretty. I don't think it's reproduced. I think it's, um, I can't remember, but I don't think it's reproduced. (laughs) Reproduced, okay. Anyway. But yeah. He put out a really good op-ed. He said, despite 15 years of prices from uh, $50 per barrel to $100 barrels, there is little show in the public purse to buffer our recession. Alberta's Heritage Trust Fund is sitting under $20 billion, unlike Norway, which started its fund 15 years after Alberta, and it has a $1 trillion as insurance against the future. Yeah. That's the leadership in public interest compared to not. Royalties have declined from roughly 30% in Lougheed's time compared to close to 3% in the last few years. And yet the big five, Suncor, CNRL, Synovus, Imperial, and Husky continue to post billions in profits. Albertans aren't told that most companies operating in Alberta are foreign-owed, so that means that they take those profits elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty pissed about it because, you know, we've been trying to talk to folks about this, and they're totally not getting it. Um, he, he says that any... One close to the industry knows that Western Sedimentary Basin is virtually empty and conventional companies have been losing money since 2009, transferring low-producing wells to junior companies with growing numbers, taking what they can and walking away from the cleanup obligations, which now total $260 billion. Yeah. 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 
So we have this huge mess here now to clean up and nobody seems to care. And the industry just doesn't get it. Well, no, the industry gets it just fine. In fact, they've been trying to transition into more green energy. And I, I knew that as a liberal under Harper, that there were barriers that the federal government was actually creating in the provincial government. And now that, you know, they were trying to do some changes, all of a sudden everything changes. Yeah, and well, like, the thing is, if, you, if it's blue, you just vote for blue. Yeah, I'm not really too cool with that, but whatever. Yeah, well, what do most Albertans think? You just vote for blue. Yeah, I know. It sucks. So, anyway, but you can proudly say at least your mom tried to run against this. Yeah, see, the thing is, I use that as an advantage. I can complain about whatever I want because, one, you ran for uh, politics, and two, I am underage and I can't vote. So, I get to complain about whatever I want because nobody listens to children and we can't vote. Yeah, so I actually think that everyone should be able to vote. Like, exactly. I don't think there should be an age restriction on voting. You know, well, the thing is, what adults don't see is that kids need to be making decisions for kids, yeah. not adults making decisions for kids. Because as much as you guys think you are doing the best for us, you're not. You're, you're messing up the planet, and we have climate change now because of you guys. And we're trying to, like, help and fix it, but, oh no, don't listen to kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm really proud of you. I'm glad you understand it. And actually, um, I, I can't really remember, but like, because my teacher was kind of talking fast and got jumbled up, but sure. I think if you would have taken the uh, federal vote, a student vote from at least our school, yeah, the liberal candidate would have won. Really? Dr. Jag, um, he would have won if you took the student vote. Yeah. Um, in at least in our school, I think. Yeah. He would have won. Um, and then Joe, and then the conservative. <laughs> so, so, so just saying, like. And Joe Pimlot is the Métis who ran for the NDP. I just wanted yeah. to let our listeners. Yeah, Joe know. Pimlot. Yeah, yeah. Joe, honestly though, I, I really liked the NDP, and I actually wish they would have won. Actually, I wished Elizabeth. Not federally though. Well, yeah. well like, jug meat is okay, but... Are you sure? Because, like... <laughs> um, but, no, I think... What I, what I actually wanted during the election was... One, Elizabeth May to win as prime, prime Minister. But let's be real, that's never going to happen. Because the Greens don't win in this country. Yet. Um, <laughs> exactly, but, like, yeah. <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, well, then I'll go to uh, jug meat. And I'm like, eh, the NDP have no chance either. So then I went to Justin. Right. So I was like, Justin's like my third choice. <laughs> so I'm like, no third offense. round draft pick. Yeah. Also, <laughs> there's this thing with politicians who in like power or whatever, that every time I go somewhere with like the prime minister or um, the mayor or something, somebody like they sneak up behind me and then when I turn around, they're right there and they scare me. Like when when the tunnel opening at um, the airport was happening, I was looking at one of the cars, and Marinucci comes right up beside me while I'm looking at this car, and I go to turn around, and he's right there with, like, two guys behind him, and I'm like, yeah, but I got a great picture of my friends with you. Yeah, and I, it scared me half to death. You're and welcome. Then, and You're then, welcome. Yeah, and then, and then, before Justin Trudeau was prime minister, um, we were at an event when I was like, This would have been busted. Dustin Fuller's uh, by-election yeah. for In McLeod. Okotoks. Yeah. 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 And uh, Justin Trudeau comes right up behind me again. <laughs> and I turn around and I'm like, oh my god, you're right there. And he scared the death out of me. So I know, but I, it was a really nice picture of you as well. Yeah. But, then, but the thing is, they like go and then they like run away <laughs> after I notice them. Well, they're super busy. <coughs> yeah, but and they're they doing me, me the biggest favor by letting me grab a picture of you with them. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, it's always I think it's kind of funny because then I can actually say politicians scare me. Yeah, I know. But you're <laughs> taller than Rachel Motley. I I was taller than Rachel Motley in grade three. Yes, so. that's true. <laughs> and she was wearing heels. Yeah, and I was still taller than it. So I wonder how <laughs> tall you are compared to Elizabeth May. 
I was, I'm pretty sure I'm taller than her. Probably. Well, now you probably are. Well, yeah, probably But I probably yeah. have pictures of you when you were smaller than her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taller than a lot of people, actually. I'm taller than both you and Dad. Yeah, I know. You're very proud of that. Yes, I am very proud of it, and I'm going to rub it in all the time. <laughs> well, thank you for being on my show. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I just wanted to say that I found, I saw two of my, two people that went to my school at the movies today. Yeah. One doesn't know me at all, and I don't really know him. But the second one, uh, I know, and I mean, I don't like her that much. Only because, like, That's she not me- nice. Only because she messed up my like two of our projects and dropped the thing that I worked hard on. Yeah, well, I'd be pretty bad. Actually, and, I was. And she mad. was, like, and her um excuse for dropping it was like, oh well, I didn't know it was like it wasn't glued on. And I was like, why do you think I'm holding it from the bottom? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's I'm, fine. And I mean, she wrecked my favorite pencil, but you know, whatever. It's fine. Not fine. Not fine. Not Although, fine. that pencil has been so wrecked because I lent it out. Yeah. Because it was wrecked when, right? So I've lent it out and my friend has it and I'm like, you know, just keep it because it's wrecked. Oh, boy. Holy. What's your highlight of last week? <coughs> like, at school or... I don't care. What was one of your highlights? Last week. I don't remember last week. I don't remember a lot of things. But but you're also sick. <coughs> but I know that this weekend, I ha- like, so I have TikTok, and my old class, one of my old classmates followed me, and, uh, but the thing is, she's pop, she was popular, so she knows everyone else's TikTok. Right. And so I'm just praying they don't find me because I think my TikToks are really cringy. Well, I don't think they're cringy. I love them. But yeah. Especially your latest one. Yeah, I know. My latest one is of you downloading TikTok. Oh, no, well, the one before that where you made all of yeah. those pictures of you. Yeah. Like from a baby and stuff. Yeah. I basically made a TikTok <laughs> showing like all of my phases of growth, like from grade, from like when I was little to like. I think it was, like, when I was a baby, when I was two, and then I, like, did a couple others, then my grade one photo, my grade two, or grade school, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five, grade six, and now me. (laughs) Yes. Aw. Well, I love that. Well, I, here's the thing. You have to go upstairs and uh, start a bath and wash your hair. Okay, okay. So, you can just take off your mic, say thank you, and... Oh, thank you. Indigenous have been talking about the issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and in public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with Gender Equity Plus, if they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, education, Indigenous education, uh, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances. Know that your voice to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People, the multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention, and now 231 calls of justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Denying those reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational, justice, and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they do not understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties and local politicians, community organizations, teachers, sports, etc., doctors, Uh, A really great article that I said out loud in episode 62 is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. Violence is just my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, just to speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure as wanna hell tell us theirs. Usually by people who know nothing about Indigenous, know nothing about colonialism, know nothing about constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigil, and our rights. Just typical microaggressions, 
people dealing with internalized racism, gatekeepers, those who survive off the status quo, or people who are so in their trauma they stop people from doing the work and deplete personal resources. External and internal racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. It is sad I needed a podcast as a boundary to be heard, but here we are. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of trying to discuss these present-day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. I want to continue by putting cultural safety into action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous, people of color, those with a disability, LGBTQ2+, and more to speak. Look at it as first aid for the marginalization. So Google cultural safety. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of structural... uh, Oh, let me say that again. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence indigenous or marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands, such as the Indian Act, Indian residential schools, and other land clearing policies. Uh, Another great resource to look into is internalized racism. If you just Google it, uh, there's some really good information by Donna Bevins about um, racial equity tools. Another great thing that I came across was do and don'ts uh, bystander intervention by the American Friends of Community Committee. If you witness public instances of racism, anti-black, anti-indigenous, anti-Muslim, anti-trans, or any other form of oppressive interpersonal violence and harassment, use those tips to intervene and consider everybody's safety while involved. Don't do nothing. Silence is dangerous. It communicates approval and leaves the victim high and dry. If you find yourself too nervous or afraid to speak out, move closer to the person. Teach your kids about accountability in a positive way. If you're experiencing emotional distress or want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up for teaching me how to be a proud Calgarian. It is through you I'm a second generation proud Calgarian. And thank you to my husband for producing and editing this show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road, he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child who we are blessed to learn from every day, I am honored that you chose us. You gave us daily accountability to be a better and stronger person, which you got to hear very strongly uh, on today's podcast. (laughs) My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. I want to say again, thank you to Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Celine, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Kenna, Kimberly, Leah, Marisa with one A or one S, uh, Natalie, Nathan, Phyllis, Rebecca, The Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa with one S, and Veronica. Thank you all for signing up. And if you did one donation or had many and had to quit for financial reasons, please know I appreciated every penny of your support. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those can, who cannot afford to uh, give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So I want to say thank you again to everybody who listens in. And I want to end with a side eye I give those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. And today, or not today, but the other day, my daughter figured out we have a beagle. What do beagles do? They hunt rabbits. So with that, I say thank you.